This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my co-host is my hardworking service dog, Lovey. And we're thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today we're going to be talking with Victoria Stilwell, dog trainer, author, producer, and star of one of our favorite Animal Planet shows, It's Me or the Dog. And I know a lot of our listeners have asked us to invite Victoria to be a guest on Working Like Dogs. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Victoria Stilwell to the show. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. designerpetsweaters.com hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat beautiful couture patterns for your pets including custom-knitted formal wear casual wear yachting and even sports themed many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats top hats and a lot of sparkle each sweater includes leg loops front paw sleeves and leash opening visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today large or small we fit them all designerpetsweaters.com let's talk pets on petliferadio.com Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Today we're so excited to have Victoria Stilwell as our guest on the show. Hello, Victoria, and welcome. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, we're so excited. As I said, we've had multiple listeners that have contacted me and asked me to please have you on the show. So we're so excited that you would make time to be with us today. Thank you. You well, you're welcome. Anything, you know, anytime someone asks me to talk about dogs, I'm there. <laughs> well, I want to start by asking you, so you began your career as an actor, is that right? I did. I came out of school wanting to wanting to act and I went to university for it and then I came out of there and went to drama school in London and, and so I acted for a while but you know, it was interesting because Throughout that, really, actually, from leaving school at age 18, I became fascinated with dogs. And that's how I really started in the world, was learning about, I started a business, dog walking and dog sitting, and meeting trainers through that, going to seminars, starting to read books, started to really learn, and then working in the rescue shelter system as well, and really being thrown into the deep end with all of the behavior cases that we would have in rescue. So I did that simultaneously, and it really wasn't until towards the end of my time in London and then coming to New York that I set up a full-time training business. Yeah, well, you've had such a really interesting process of how you became a dog trainer. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that about your dog walking business that you started, because I think so many people, people are always asking me, how do I become a trainer? And what would you say to that? I mean, you started your business. Well, I think, 
Yes, I started at a time when there really weren't any kind of certifications around unless you wanted to become a veterinarian or a vet behaviorist. And so I, I was pretty much on my own with regards to trying to find out how I was going to educate myself. But eventually, when I did come to New York, I did become certified. And so I truly believe that it's really important now that people get some kind of very good certification to become a trainer because training, the training world is so unregulated. So, you know, I have plenty of people that call me up saying, oh, we had a trainer over here and they said that they were professional, but they did this and this to my dog and I didn't like it. And then you find out the person actually, they never heard of them and they didn't really know what they were doing because somehow they've messed the dog's behavior up. And that's what we're trying to guard against. So now there are many organizations that do great certifications. In fact, we have the Victoria Stillwell Academy, for the Dog Training Academy now, that we launched at the beginning of this year. So we've just had our first class of students actually will be graduating this week. And then we have ongoing courses. So courses to become a dog trainer, and that gives you a really good grounding, not just in animal behavior and hands-on animal training, but also psychology and business skills and how to be good with people and that. that that's that's what a really good trainer needs. So I would always advise anybody who wants to become a trainer, yes, getting to it via dog walking or pet sitting, I think it's great experience volunteering to shelter. You're going to get no better practical experience than that and taking some kind of certification that you can be proud of and hold up and say, yes, this is what I did, which will give you a really great foundation for, yeah, that's, for your that's training awesome. career. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about was your positively dog training and the trainers that you work with with that program. It looks so awesome with the positive reinforcement, which that's certainly um, how Lovey was trained to be a service dog. And I love that. It's it's so wonderful. And I'm so glad that you're supporting that and, and spreading that philosophy. So tell us more about that and about the positive reinforcement training method and and why you think that's the best method for a successful human-canine relationship. I think working in this industry now for 20 years, I see the, the major differences in dogs and just their emotional stability from dogs that have been trained in a punitive way to dogs that have been trained in a much more reward-based, positive way. And when you actually see the results and also you then have science, hard, solid science to back it up, that actually when you treat an animal with kindness and respect, still giving boundaries, kindness and respect, and don't physically cause it any pain or any mental pain or fear, then you're going to have a dog that is much more predictable in different situations, much more able to cope in different situations, much more able to listen. The bond will be stronger between you. And so that's the methodology I choose. And I think a lot of people think that L-positive reinforcement at just only works for the little pinky dogs and uh, not for very severe behavioral cases. In severe behavioral cases, you have to have a harder hand, and actually nothing could be further from the truth. I work with aggressive dogs all the time, and these are the dogs that especially need A, understanding, and B, a gentle approach to guide them to making different choices. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I know. It's it's so beautiful. I know working with my service dogs, I just, I mean, you raising your voice and getting all upset, it, it doesn't work at all. Whenever I, I do something like that, Lovey looks at me like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it doesn't work to interact with a dog like that. And it's, it's so lovely to really, to understand that kindness and respect is just, it's so beautiful. And boy, is it rewarding when you practice that positive approach it really is a whole different relationship with an animal. I can speak to that and support it 150% for sure. 
Thank you. And I think that more and more and more people in this country are doing that. And that, that's a great thing. I think we're moving away slowly from the very outdated, dominant-based theory of our whole idea and misunderstanding of dogs to a much more enlightened way of thinking. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so you're also a producer, right? Yes, I am. Goodness, yes. I've worked on a number of television shows, obviously. And, you know, it's Neil the Dog was my creation. So that was my, my show, my creation. And I worked as creative consultant on it. But now we're producing other different shows. And what I'm working on right now is a show that will be web-based. It's called Guardians of the Night for the last four years. I've been embedded with the Gwinnett County Sheriff's Canine Unit. And we have been really experiencing what these canine officers and handlers experience with their dogs every day. We're getting to, to learn more about that world, that working dog world, and not just with the Gwinnett County Sheriff's Canine Unit now, but it's the show is spreading to other, other units and also covering what other first responders do. So oh, sometimes awesome. we have uh, dogs in it and sometimes we don't. And, and it really has opened my eyes to the fact that working dogs too, even working dogs in that capacity, police dogs, can do very well if they're treated in a kind of way. Yes. And when is that coming out, Victoria? Well, we're hoping that our first and our first episode is already cut and done and ready. And we so hope to launch it in November sometime, towards the end of November. And, okay, uh, it's great. it's a long process, but that's what, that's what we're hoping Right. And you said it's going to be online. Is that where people can find it? Because we want to yes, see that. Be, yes, we will. We'll certainly send you links and it will be on YouTube and it will be on my Facebook and it will exist on other platforms. But we do have a wonderful sponsor on board, which we're very proud to be associated with. So we're, we're very excited to show the general public the real lives of these men and women who you know, put their lives on the line to protect the public. Yes, yes. Well, we love all working dogs, but police dogs and all those first responding kinds of dogs always have a special place in our hearts. That's for sure, because of the work that they do to protect us and serve us. It's just amazing. So that's really exciting. We can't wait to see that. And you have a new book coming out in October, too, right? Yes, I do. It's called The Secret Language of Dogs. I'm looking at kind of the canine mind and, and seeing what different uh, vocalizations mean and what different uh, positions of the body mean and the new science actually behind it. So we talk about pull preference and we talk about brain naturalization and nose bias and all of these things now from research that's being done in the I almost thinking universities in the world when it comes to animal behavior, especially the study of canine behavior. And what's good about the new research is that it's not done by men in white coats anymore with lab animals. It's done by all of this, for example, the Canine Cognition Center at the University or the Family Paws um, Project in Budapest, Hungary, where people bring their own dogs for the day to play and do challenges and do all of these different scenarios where by everything's recorded and the data is recorded and you see how dogs will respond to different things. That's the new research that's really beginning to unlock the canine mind and give us more of an understanding how dogs think, feel, and respond to the world around them. Yeah, that's so cool. And I know you're involved with Dognition. I know they've done some incredible research around dog behavior. And, and they have. we enjoy doing their tests that they have on their website. It's really fun about how dogs think. But you're involved with Dognition, Canine Assistance, so many wonderful organizations. Can you tell us a little bit about your involvement with those advisory boards? Yes, yeah, so, well, Dog Nation approached me a long time ago, and of course, Dr. Brian Hare has done such an amazing, such amazing work. He wrote a fabulous book called The Genius of Dogs, and 
again, has really, has, I think, elevated all of us to a different level, as well as Adam McClosey. Again, he is probably, I just call him the granddaddy of animal behavior. They do such amazing things at the university in Hungary. Canine assistance as well has been in existence in Alpharetta, near where I live for about, gosh, 20 years. And they do incredible things with the dogs that they have there, with the program that they have there. And what's really interesting is Jennifer's having a new book coming out too, which is it really going to test the limits, I think, test the boundaries of what we believe dog training is all about. And it's pushing it more away from training to, uh, away from training more towards bonding. Because I think what I've seen, again, sort of coming from that positive part is that it still amazes me that working dogs, therapy dogs, especially are, you know, still have to have prong collars or shock collars or still trained in that way. Or if you're truly having a, a service dog or a therapy dog using prongs or shock collars to train them is not the way to go. And I think Jennifer is spearheading that idea that, you know, we need to have the best kind of service dog to have the best kind of therapy dog. We need dogs to, and working dogs, to dogs to have that mixture of listening to us but then mm-hmm. being able to think and problem-solve themselves. I've yes. seen that in the police dog world as well. I've seen that, you know, you might have a scenario that where you're, we're going on a track and we're tracking a perp, and we've been on a track for two hours, and what happens if the perp suddenly jumps out? The dog cannot be cured by the handler. Sometimes the dog might have to overtake itself, problem-solve itself about how to deal with the situation to protect its handler. Those are the kind of things that uh, sometimes sort of the dominance training can really harm. So mm-hmm. going into a different way of giving dog more freedom to make choices, the ability to problem solve, is where all the dog training, whatever you're doing for working dogs, therapy dogs, or just companion dogs, that's the way it's going. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I know I've been placed with a service dog for over 20 years now. And how I was trained initially and how I've just been trained with Lovey over the last year, it's so different. And it's evolved so much into exactly what you're saying, into that it's more about the bond. And my first dog, I was so worried about her getting off leash with me that I would drop her leash or something. And because of the way she was trained it was very different but now with lovey i don't worry about if i drop the leash or something because our bond is so strong like you're describing that i know she's great off leash and she'll listen to me and and interact with me just because i trust her and she trusts me so that that bond is just so important but i just love what you're saying and totally support that it's just a whole different way of of interacting with our dogs in a much more positive supportive way you said that word trust that's it that's it bottom line you have trust then you know then, then you have a great relationship and your dog will listen to you yeah and it takes work <laughs> that's what people yeah. are always confused they think that when they get a working dog that they're getting a robot that will immediately do what they want but I always tell people it's work Lovey and I have to work at it every day to maintain and build on that trust it, it is it's, it's hard work but boy is it worth it yeah I agree Yeah. Well, we're going to take just a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors. And we're going to come back. And there's one question that a lot of our listeners have wanted to ask Victoria. So we are going to ask that when we come back. So come right back. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned.
young lady from the rescue delivered happy, and I panicked. She was missing hair, stinky, scabby, and I thought, what did I get us into? The cause of his issue was poor nutrition. It was neglect. The other owners didn't care enough about him to give him the nutrition he needed. But I have a vet that I trust, and she recommended Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I ordered the first 90-day supply, and within a couple weeks, his skin started clearing up. He didn't smell. He had more energy. He just had a glow and a bounce about him. We've been using Dinovite for the last year, and Happy the Rescue Dog is Happy the Healthy Dog. (laughs) I tell all my friends who have rescues to give their dog the chance at a new start with Dinovite is going to pay off for you and your dog for years to come. 859 428 1000. 859 428 1000. D I N O V I T E dot com. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're so thrilled to be visiting with Victoria Stillwell today. And before the break, I promised that we were going to ask a question of Victoria that many of our listeners have asked me to please be sure and get her advice on. And that is, Victoria, a lot of our our listeners have assistance dogs and they're out in the world living their lives with them. And they encounter an aggressive dog who may be off leash. I know it's happened to me where I've had my dog attacked out in public, um, even at a public conference one time I was at and, and an untrained dog was there. And what would you advise someone with a disability if they're out with their dog and, and an aggressive dog that they don't know starts to approach them? What do you think would be the best way to handle that? If you have an assistance dog and you're outside in public and you encounter an aggressive dog, a dog that's reactive, a dog that's barking at you. Hopefully that dog is attached to a person or has a person in the vicinity. Don't be worried about shouting out to see whether that dog has a person with it. And don't be afraid to speak out and say, I feel very uncomfortable. My dog feels very uncomfortable around your dog. Would you please put your dog on a lead? So speak out. Don't be afraid to speak out. Secondly, carry with you a can of air spray. This is some of the most effective ways you can just, you know, surprise a dog. I don't use a can of air spray in training at all, but I do find it useful sometimes if I'm walking in an area, it's because my dogs have been attacked too, to be able to have that to take out, to sort of stop the dog in its track. Don't spray it at the dog. I can spray it in front as if to say, hey, back off. There's been times when I have vocally said enough, back off to a dog that's been approaching and that's been enough. But, you know, always, You could, depending on how the dog is responding, you could have a dog that is, it just exacerbates its intentions. And then, you know, if you have 
an article of clothing that you can have that you can, if the dog attacks your dog, that you can throw over the dog's eyes and sort of stop that, that stop that attack, as it were. That's the, one of the best ways. But management is key. So don't put yourself in a position where you are by yourself in an environment where you don't have anyone around to help you. I think that's the most important piece. Try set your dog up for success and you, but realize, obviously, that we can't always control our environment and so that stuff like this might happen to you. But if you arm yourself with those tips, hopefully you'll be safe and you'll keep your dog safe. Yeah, those are great tips. And I love what you're saying. Set your dog up for success. And that's exactly how I was trained (laughs) with my service dogs is that I have to be really observant all the time of who's around me, you know, animals and people. And it's so true. And I know a lot of times I will just turn around and go another way if I see a strange dog that I don't know that's off lead. So thank you for all of those really good tips of, of what we can do. Because as you said, it can happen so quickly and you can be in the middle of it before you know what's happened because that certainly happened to me when I've been in public places that I didn't even see a dog and then all of a sudden they were coming and getting aggressive with my dog. Yeah, Mm. thank you. Well, and another thing I wanted to ask you to please talk with us about and I know our time is getting limited today but tell us about the Victoria Stillwell Foundation. What kind of work do you do with that? Well, you know, the foundation is literally there to fund rescue organizations and also assistance dog organizations that practice a positive philosophy, a humane way of training. And so, you know, we're not a big foundation at all by any stretch of the imagination. We would be bigger if we had somebody that was sort of invested full time in it. But, you know, we're able to give out small grants to organizations that that might need it, that are doing really good work. And, I mean, I would love to be able to give money to everybody that follows that positive philosophy and to help out because, no, I've been there where I've seen at assistance dog organizations, especially canine assistance, when those recipients, they meet their dogs, they work with their dogs, and they graduate with their dogs, and they go home with their dogs. I've seen just how amazing that is. And to think that canine assistance, for example, it just survives on donations and certain companies that will help them, but still, that it's not a wealthy organization, that it exists literally on the kindness of other people, and they don't charge for their dogs, and they ha- they give great support to the recipients after they have... I mean, organizations like that are completely worthy of being funded because because of the great work they're doing. And, and that's what the foundation... It has been set up to help. Oh, that's wonderful. We love our friends at Canine Assistance and all of the, the working dog programs, assistance dog programs especially. Yes, the work that they do, people have no idea the amount of work that they put into these assistance dogs and how they do it on a shoestring budget as nonprofit organizations. It's just unbelievable how they raise the money to do the incredible work that they do and they do it through support from foundations 
foundations like yours and others and for puppy raisers, volunteer puppy raisers that do so much. So that's awesome about the foundation. Thank you for doing that and for supporting them and and other programs. Well, I do have just one last thing to ask you, and that is how can our listeners get more information about you and about all the wonderful programs that you mentioned today, including your dog training program? How can they find you, Victoria? Okay, so if they want to learn more about the dog training program, it's vsdogtrainingacademy.com. They can go to that, and there's um, a whole website that they can find out, or just Google Victoria Still Academy, and you'll get the uh, the link. You can also find out a lot of great training information on my website, which is positively.com. If you are interested in becoming a trainee or already a certified trainer and you're interested in becoming a trainer under the Positively umbrella, then my Victoria Still Positively Dog Training Organization is a, a great one to join. You can check that out and see what you think. If there's a trainer you need in your area, then again, go to Positively.com forward slash trainers. You can find a good trainer in your area. But I think for the most up-to-date information, you can go to facebook.com forward slash Victoria Stillwell, one L in the middle of Stillwell. And you, I'm on there every day and you'll be able to find out. You know, we do a lot of live streaming as well of the places that I'm at. And we also have great articles that are on my Facebook and also on my Twitter, which is at Victoria S. So join me on those platforms. It's a great way to interact with me. I can't respond personally because there's too many. But that is one great way that you can comment and interact and give me your opinions. We love that. We love discussion on our platforms, especially our social media platforms. Oh, that sounds excellent. That sounds really exciting to get information and to really have that interaction with you. That sounds awesome. Well, and we look so forward to Guardians of the Night that will be coming out in November. So we'll stay tuned for that. And also, we're excited to hear that you have a new book coming out. So we'll also be looking for The Secret Language of Dogs that's coming out in October. So lots of exciting things going on, Victoria. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us and we hope you'll come back you're very welcome and i will come back and thank you so much for having me on your great show oh awesome thank you and thank you our listeners for being with us today we love for you to join us and we really love to hear from you so please keep those emails coming and you can email us at marcy m-a-r-c-i-e at petliferadio.com And you can also follow Working Like Dogs on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and at workinglikedogs.com. So thanks so much for being with us, and we hope you'll come back soon. Take good care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.